Like, this is the life I'm getting to live. And so if this is the thing I'm doing, I want to do it full gas. I don't want to be, uh, you know, sitting on my rocking chair when I'm 95, like, wondering what if or what could have been if I had just given it a little more. Aloha and welcome to the Chris Lieto Podcast. I'm Chris Lieto, former professional athlete and multiple Ironman champion. And my passion is to bring you inspiration, motivation, and knowledge from amazing experts in their fields, from top professional athletes in all variety of sports, where we can glean some information to improve our lives and live our lives to the fullest. And our guest today is Courtney Dewalter. She is an ultra runner and goes for a casual run of 40 miles in a day just for training, Uh, has done races of 200 miles and one and she has taken the sport of ultra running by storm. In the last few years, she has won so many events and has been in the front. And so I'm excited to sit down with her to chat about ultra running, as well as really what makes her tick and what makes her successful and what her goals are going forward and what makes her and what motivates her to push herself to the limits, to find new limits in her life and her ability of being an athlete. So this episode is a little unique that we got to um, hang out and we also videoed a day with Courtney. And so I encourage you, if you haven't seen the episode, check out the show notes uh, of the YouTube link to a day with Courtney Dewalter to get a perspective of us running together, a little journey that we had. And through that, I wanted to include a little bit of a segment of when I met her at her door and some of the casual conversation that we had before we officially started our podcast and before we went for our run. This show and this episode would not be possible without our presenting sponsor, Adaday. Adaday's mission is to help people improve their lives and live their lives to the fullest. And that really is how it got started and how the name, hence Add A Day, is to try to add a day to your life. What things can you do daily to improve your life and live your life to the fullest? And Adaday's product line really helps with your physical body to help with activating your muscles prior to working out, to help with recovery post-workout, to help and treat injuries that you may be having. And all these things are through cautionary devices like a massage gun to rollers to massage chair. All their equipment helps and allows you to recover faster. One of the amazing things also is the technology and the protocols that they have to help guide you through what are you supposed to do with these tools? How do you use them and what muscle groups do I even go to? Adaday has really put the time in to improve the product line, improve their information. So I encourage you to go check them out at adaday.com. That is A-D-D-A-D-A-Y.com and check out their equipment. And if you use coupon code CHRIS20, again, that's CHRIS20, you get a 20% discount on any products that you purchase on their website. So I encourage you to go and check them out and support this episode and support this show and live your life to the fullest. This episode is also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Gatorade Endurance is different than your typical Gatorade that you will may have tried in the past. Gatorade Endurance is specially formulated for endurance athletes or those that are doing prolonged exercise. You need to have uh, replacements of what your body is breaking down or what it's burning while you're out exercising. And the Gatorade Endurance formula is specifically designed to help in those areas, to maximize your performance, to maximize your body, to be able to get through those prolonged workouts or those races. But one of the other things that you may want to consider if you're planning on doing a race, 
most likely Gatorade Endurance is going to be at your race. They're at over 300 races nationwide. So a bulk of running races and triathlon events, short and long events, are going to be represented with Gatorade Endurance on course. And the number one rule is never do something new on race day that you haven't tried at home or in training. So you have to try what you're going to do on race day. Go to Gatorade.com forward slash endurance. Use coupon code CHRIS20 and you get a 20% discount. So I encourage you to go to again Gatorade.com forward slash endurance. Use coupon code CHRIS20 and get a discount and make sure that you try this prior to your event. And before we start our show, one last thing is I get people asking me again what they should be taking, how can they improve, how do they lose weight, how do they maintain muscle. They're always asking me questions about nutrition. And 99% of the time, the number one thing that I will tell them to take or advise them to take is essential amino acids. It's a specific blend of amino acids that your body needs to absorb. And every amino acid is not the same and the ratio of amino acids is super important. I used amino acids, essential amino acids, pretty much my whole professional career. Found immense differences in it, in recovery, in racing, sustained energy, maintaining lean muscle. Uh, so this is the top of my list, the number one thing that I advise people to take and tell people that it's uh, worth every penny. So. I know it sounds like a commercial, but everyone asked me, this is what I tell them. So I talked to Keon and they were nice enough to give me a discount code to pass on to you guys. So go to getkeon.com forward slash Chris Lieto. Again, that is getkeon, G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash Chris Lieto. And check out the amino acids. Check it out, getkeon.com forward slash Chris Lieto. Coupon code Chris20. We're at Courtney's house. Just about to go meet Courtney. Hopefully we don't run right away. I gotta catch my breath. I think we're at like 9,000 feet or something. So. Hey, Hello, Courtney, going? Chris. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Come on in. Thank you. You want me to go for a run? Um, in a little bit, yeah. As long as not too far. Let's not go crazy. No promise. No 40 mile runs. Let's do that. Have you been in Golden for a while? Um, I think four years we've lived here. My husband and I were downtown Denver before. Oh, you were? Mm -hmm. And that's where you were a teacher? It was down in Denver? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So ultra running has gotten me inspired to run. Really? Around. Yeah. Yes. So we can chat about that. Oh, perfect. It's pretty fun. And I, it's so cool because the, the culture of what you do is so cool and so inviting. And for years, I've always known about it, but I've always avoided it because I'm like, I do not want to run a hundred miles. Like yeah. there's no way I could never imagine or fathom running 50 miles or a hundred miles or Just what you do even more. Because you did Ironman. Yeah, but that's swimming and biking before you run and you only have to run 26. So it's a little... It's, it's a long time of exertion though. It, yes. So I think it's all perspective and what you're comfortable oh, sure. in, you know, and what you're yeah. used to. Oh, I so. hope you'll try an ultra. Uh, that's my plan. My yeah. plan is like, I like to try it. Cause it's, it's more inviting cause you like, you don't have to feel like, I don't feel like I have to run super fast. You don't. Yeah. It's no, just you about... Just get to enjoy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Snack at the aid stations, experience nature for yeah. hours. Well, that's the other thing. Trail, trail yeah. running is so different. You know, Ironman racing is just on the road. Right. You got to do your intervals. You got to make sure you get your speed. Get and your it's, pace. Yeah, and it's all about running fast. And now just running. I've been running for about six months now again. And I'm just loving just being out and yeah. hitting the hills and trying to find as much elevation feet of climbing as I can get. Yes. Just to oh, get some strength in. So, so I have, I bet you have some pretty crazy stuff you're gonna <laughs> ideas of running today i'm sure we're gonna go straight up the hill right yeah seriously no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean we can just kind of see where it takes us but pretty much from here you're always going to run uphill yeah it's beautiful so <laughs> and on that run then we can figure out which ultras you should try first all right to build you up to your western states <laughs> lofty goals but i'll i'll do it and then I'll eventually a 200 that you know, just one step at a time <laughs> one step at a time it's funny because i thought about starting with like a 50k but then i was like a 50k is not much more than a marathon and in the like you said like an iron man like yeah do it in like eight hours or so i figured it needs to be something that's more than that something that's a little bit more challenging than doing right. that so i th i think my first one's going to be 100k i think okay maybe i don't know i like it it was recorded and everything <laughs> <laughs> now i'm committed huh <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh so let's run all right and we had a chance today to as far as go for a run so we went for a little run and um look up mountain uh lookout mountain lookout mountain yeah so it was a good run then we got to go to one of your uh, your pubs in yeah. town. Yeah, went to a brewery, Mountain Toad. It was fun. That was good. That was yeah. good beer. So, got some pizza. Yeah, we've had a big day. It's so a we're, big day. So we're at the tail end. The sun <laughs> is just about to go down. But one of the things that I have noticed about you even before I met you today was how much um, joy and laughter and smile that you have. <laughs> So I want to say, even not knowing you and just seeing you and how you present yourself, it is very opening and welcoming and a great, um, just a great ad. You know, it's a great piece to be like, okay, I want to know more about you. Not because of just your success in your sport, but truly like what makes you tick and why are you so full of joy and why are you so happy and, and what brought you to that point? So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. So back at that. So what, what, um, why are you so full of joy? <laughs> straight in there. Cause it's not just a smile, right? Like it's, it's, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, yeah, just the joy that you have. It seems like it's just part of who you are. Yeah, it's for sure. Actual joy. I think, uh, I don't know. I just feel really lucky. Like I, Right now I'm running. That's my job and I love running and I love being outside and exploring trails. And um, I think my husband and I have just tried to kind of make a conscious effort to like do things because we love them and, and follow that thread, you know, and see what happens. And, and so I don't know that I have, you know, reasons not to be filled with joy every day. Like, yeah, it's so cool to... Uh, you know, we get this one life and like to get to navigate our way through it however we want is, it's pretty fun. It's a fun ride. Absolutely. And have you, do you find that that, or when was the earliest that you remember that you were full of 
joy and happiness and laughter or having that attitude to always be grateful for, for what you have? Um, Has it always been a part of you? I think so. I mean, I think for sure I was raised that way. And um, like my family and my parents and there was always a lot of joy around and, and uh, you know, finding the, the silver lining of any situation, you know, so that it, um, something that could be an awful story turns into, you know, this fun experience that we get to share together instead of getting down about it. Yeah. So I was raised that way and uh, have, I think, just kind of found my stride with it in the past probably like five years of like navigating life and following what that looks like with joy, like finding the joy in all of it. Yeah, totally. And what, what helps keep that rolling? Just like, is like, what's most important to you? Family, for sure. Family and friends. And I think, uh, like I love doing all of the things that come with ultra running and traveling to these places, but making those memories with people so that you have a, a shared experience together. So, um, when I travel to races, you know, to taking the community and to, um, make these connections with people so that all of the memories in that place are associated with, you know, sharing those moments with people. Yeah. I think that's important and uh, I, I love it. Yeah. And it's kind of like you said, it's a choice, right? Like you have a choice every day to wake up and go, is this going to be a happy day? Or yeah. Is this going to be not, right? Yeah. And like, what am I going to make out of what happens to me today? Yeah. You know? And you've had things where you've had days that haven't gone great. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Just in life and in racing. Yeah. What's been the most difficult challenge that you've had in a, in a, in a race? Oh, in a race, I uh, I guess my first 100-mile race that I attempted, it was my second year of running ultras. I had done a 50K. I had done a 50-mile race. So I jumped into a 100-mile race as my next thing. And uh, it got really physically hard and um, quickly then in my head, I spiraled into this just negative self-talk and like dark place of doubting myself and thinking, you know, I'm not made for a hundred miles. You're mm. like, you're a joke out here, you know, just call it. And so I did, I ended up dropping out of that first hundred mile attempt because I convinced myself that I wasn't capable of it. And I think that was the hardest. Like I've been, you know, physically hurting worse or had to drop out of a race because of injury. But like to be in such a dark place in my head where I convinced myself to stop and that I wasn't capable of doing this thing was probably the worst one. Yeah. But it also was the coolest because then after the race, you know, really quickly I could assess like what happened there. Oh, I just, you know, spiraled into this death zone and you know, talked myself into it. And uh, then I got a fire lit under me where I was like, that's not how this is going to play out. So this isn't lot. how the story goes. Yeah. And so now you you have a solid mindset, I think, going in Well, now, I or? think that taught me about the power of our brains. And so if it starts to spiral like that, where, you know, doubts creep in, which of course they do, you know, it yeah. always gets hard. It always is going to feel like, there's no way to keep going. But if you let it spiral into that negativity, you're, I mean, it's going to go quick. Yeah. Like it goes down and it goes fast. But if you can just split the script, even if you're faking it and you know you're faking it, say something different and change, you know, the whole storyline, 
your, our brains can overpower a lot, I think. And has that taken a lot of practice? Like, do you have to practice at that to be able to turn it? Because it still comes, doesn't it? Yeah. Does it still yeah. come at times? It still comes. I practice by racing, basically. So I just do more and more races to accumulate more evidence that I can survive whatever, you know, thing is happening. And uh, then I just draw on that every time. But those things that you're you're doing are always something new that you don't really know if you can finish, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like, like we talked earlier, is like you're always, you're looking for the next challenge or the next thing that you can see how far you can push yourself, right? Yeah. So every time you go and race, you don't know if you can finish it. Like you believe you can, right? Yeah. But you haven't been proven, like it hasn't been proven yet. No, but I can take each little piece of it and uh, small things happen, you know, your stomach turns and you can draw on the past experiences where you haven't taken in food for days, you know, racing or whatever it was, or, um, or you're not sure you can make it another step because you're so tired, then you can draw on those experiences. So like piecemealing it into these small things, not even thinking of the total distance that I'm going to cover, but each problem along the way that's going to get me closer to the end. So when you're in it, when you're in the race, you're only looking at what you can see or what you can grasp either in your mind or see with your eyes or whatever. Or, yeah. So you just break up each piece as you go and not look at the next 36 hours or yeah. whatever you're looking at, the, the next hour maybe, or what, how yeah. small of a piece do you break it down It depends. To? I mean, sometimes I, sometimes you can, uh, you know, feel confident about the next 50 miles or sometimes it's, you know, the next aid station, which maybe is 15 miles away. And sometimes if it's getting, you know, really hard, then it's the next tree or the next, you know, five steps or whatever it is just to keep pushing yourself forward. And eventually what I've found is like you're in this dark place and maybe you've gotten to the point where you're only able to realize the next five steps, you know, everything else feels too daunting. Yeah. Eventually it turns over and uh, you're flying high again soon. Yeah. Have you had a race that has been the most challenging, but the most rewarding, like where you've hit more of those spots that you had to get your mind through to break through barriers that you saw yourself or surprised yourself at the end? Yeah. None that stand out as like like for sure, the Tahoe 200 was a really tough one. I was mentally in a rut almost the whole race. And 200 miles is a long ways to, you know, be faking it. Yeah. Um, so that one, I guess, would be the hardest just because I kept not finding the other side of the, the dark patch. I don't know what was going on. But you made it through. Yeah. And you did really well. Uh, yeah. It, it was a... Uh, it was a fun one because I was in a mental rut, so I never was experiencing those, you know, feelings of like bliss out on the trails. I was mostly just like grinding out the miles because the finish line was 200 miles away, you know, and yeah. I had one way to get there. Um, and so that was a really cool experience to like build, I think, my arsenal of experiences to draw on in the file cabinet in my brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But when I asked you that question, like, or I said that you did really great, you paused for a second. Do you do you believe that you did that race great? Like, are you satisfied with that race, or are you look no. at it and go, yeah, no, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but you won it, right? Like, you won, you won that race, 
I um I can't actually think of a race that I've done that I felt like fully satisfied with it. No matter what my place was at the end, I think there's always like something you can tweak, especially in these ultras. Like the amount of hours you're out there are so many, and the number of miles that you're putting together are yeah. so many that there's always things you can do to you know keep you wanting to to try and do it better, which I think is one of the draws of the sport to me. Like there's no perfectly run ultra for me, I don't think. Right. No, I totally get that because for me, doing an Ironman, it's eight hours plus or something, and and even in eight hours, which is short for you, yeah, there's tons of <clears throat> little moments. Yeah, or like you were saying, your 15 seconds or 10 second drinks of water or whatever are yeah. the things that we're adding up. Yeah, and so I think it's important, like, like I think about like what makes a successful athlete or what makes someone great in the sport or driving to keep doing better. And w- one of those would probably be not being, I don't want to say not being satisfied, um, but always wanting more, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, how much of it is for you always wanting more or also being satisfied within the moment of what you've done? Like, do you reward yourself or do you, do you let yourself rejoice in what you've accomplished in that, even if it wasn't perfect? Because no, yeah. one, you'll never be perfect, right? Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm not beating myself up. Like when I say I'm not satisfied after a result, it's not like I'm, you know, wallowing or, you know, kicking myself over a mile that I, you know, didn't put together well, but it just keeps me dreaming of, you know, like, oh, if I could get on that course another time, like here are the things I know I could control. And then ultras are a lot of things you can't control, like the weather or sometimes your stomach, like just randomly doesn't take in the food that it normally takes in fine, you know, or you get lost or, you know, whatever it is. But then um, to piece all of those things together, the the parts in your control and then how you react to the ones you had no control over. Yeah. To, you know, like what could a perfect day on that course look like or, or not perfect day, but how could I make it smoother throughout? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you're going to so love ultras. <laughs> but I love, I love how you think because you're always like processing and thinking through like, all right, I'm going to adjust this next time. I'm going to tweak this little thing. Yeah. And how much better can I go? Right. And even though that day wasn't great from the beginning, you didn't turn around and go up oh, today's not my day. Cause I, I see athletes like that all the time and I've raced against athletes all like that a lot where there'll be an hour and a half into the eight hour Ironman Yep. And they're on the bike and they're like, my legs, just, I just don't have them today. And they'll just be like, it's not my day. And they'll just stop. Right. And I've seen a lot of people that will feel the exact same, if not worse, and do what you did where you just process and go through and reframe and just keep pushing. And sometimes the legs come good because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. The next hour, you could run the best you've ever run. Yeah. But you don't know unless you get there. Right. So always keep going. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I'm so excited for you to do <laughs> 100K, 100 miles, Big's Backyard. <laughs> You've already got me signed up for a ton of races. <laughs> one at a time, one at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to do one for sure. Like, I mean, we talked earlier, we didn't talk on the podcast about how, um, you know, watching ultra racing just kind of inspired me. Not only watching it, but meeting people. I think that's probably the biggest piece was I've always heard it and I've seen it and I've seen results and I've known about Western States and all these other races around and stuff. And, 
it's, it was always intriguing, but I never had the desire to, to be like, oh, I'm going to go do that. Right. But it wasn't until I met people that, that do it that you start to understand like what the, what the passion is. Yeah. And I felt that for me, being a professional athlete in the top of the sport in an Ironman racing, I always felt like there's an expectation that I should perform. That's my own thing, right? And so I've finally come to a point where I feel like with the people that I've met and with your sport, that it's open to anybody. Yeah. And there's no expectation of like that you should perform a certain or go a certain pace. Or if you did this here, you should be able to do this here. And yeah. feel like you have to compete. It's just more of the joy of just wanting to go through the adventure. And yeah. Like, and meet like, everybody. And yeah. What does a hundred K look like when you're out on the trails in beautiful scenery, you know? Yeah. Can't That's beat it. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then to finish it and get to hang out with all these people who either did it themselves or were out supporting, you know, one of their runners. It's a really cool community. Yeah. And you talked about su- support and the support crew that like Ironman, it's, it's a solo sport. You're doing it on your own, mm-hmm. but you can't do it without a team. But more so in ultra, like it's critical, your team. Like yeah. you, you can't do anything without your team. And so many people come around and support you. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest parts I've found of the sport is um, that the community is so welcoming. Everyone's, you know, ready to, to lend a hand or in my first 50 mile race, a guy ran back on the course when I tripped it in a mud puddle and picked me up, like grabbed me by the hand. And then, you know, we went off running together, came back on the course. So what cool. Ironman is going to do yeah. that? Not many athletes will do that. I've seen a few stop and help a flat tire, yeah. but yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, this was am- like, that was my first glimpse into, oh, you- we're all out there and like you're ra- maybe racing or, you know, you're pushing your own time challenge you've made for yourself or your goal is to finish this race for the first time ever. But no one out there would bat an eye at stopping to help another person front to the back. Like you're having issues. How can I help? Here are the things I'm carrying. You know, what can I do to assist you or, or get you going again so that you can complete this adventure? And the first thing that I think of as you're sharing that is like, I wish we did that more just in life, in everyday yeah, life. Yeah, And then, yeah, sharing it with crew members. So you have these crew people in ultras who will meet you at aid stations. And like Kevin is often my crew for the longer races, my husband. And he'll have at the aid station, you know, bottles for me that have, you know, the drink I like or food restock or gear change if I need it. Um, but then it's awesome because at the finish line, you celebrate together like a team like you know we did this we made it even though it's my feet and you know my body that's actually traveling the course I have these people who have done a ton of ultras with me just by being there yeah and being part of it I've listened to a lot of your of, of your podcast or interviews and stuff and I honestly and I started to look for it because I saw a theme and I heard a theme and that anytime anyone asked you about your race, you would always refer to we, and you never referred to as I. Like right. you weren't like, I did this race. It's like, we did this race, or we're looking at this and we're trying to do this and, and approach it this way. Yeah. And it was, it was, it took me a few times to hear, but I heard it. I was like, no way. Like <laughs> you, you genuinely feel like, I mean, it is, it's mm-hmm. so much of it is, is a team. Yeah. 
in your family and your support crew. Yeah. If you could pick three characteristics that either you have or a successful athlete would have, what would those three characteristics be? What would be at the top of the list? Any athlete, any sport. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, like persistence. Mm-hmm. I think I think patience is different than persistence. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, I think patience is important. And I think uh, like a, <clears throat> an internal drive, not, not doing it for external reasons. Can, you, can we go through each one and go a little bit into each one? So persistence. So what about, like, what is persistence to you? Um, that it's not going to go smoothly and you're going to get knocked on your backside, you know, in this pursuit and, and you have to just keep clawing forward. I think in any sport, yeah, keep at it, even when it feels hard or you feel like you've reached, you know, the maximum you could ever achieve or, you know, whatever the thing is, or you're, I, I don't know, getting like turned down by teams or, you know, however it works in every other sport, but you're hearing no a lot to just keep at it. Did you find that in training as well? Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, patience plays a lot into training for me. Like it doesn't happen overnight, but if you're clawing at it every single day, like slowly it's going to accumulate and you have to be willing to wait for that. Yeah. You can't just rush right into it. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Or like if you're going to do an ultra, like, Let's say a triathlete is going to try their very first 100K, for instance. <laughs> Just hypothetically. Okay. Tomorrow, they wouldn't do a 40-mile training run. Like, <laughs> but maybe in a few months, right. we can get to that. Yeah. I've got a loop. <laughs> you already got one mopping up. You told me about I was asking about it today. 40-mile loop around your around Golden. Sounds fun, actually. Yeah. When when I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm you smart You come enough. on back when you're ready. Okay. All right. We'll do a 40. I can't wait for the updates on how it's all building. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I may have to pick your brain along the way. This is yeah. See. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I can at least, you know, share my personal experiences with it. Yeah. No, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. So we have persistence and patience. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think the internal piece is like, if you're doing it for external reasons, you're going to, um, I don't know. I just, I guess I don't know, but it feels like the fire wouldn't always burn as hot if you're just doing it for like a medal or um, a social media like or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, feels like it has to be something you actually want to be pursuing in order to be persistent and patient with it to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And why, why is it that you want to be successful or why do you, why is it that you do ultra running? What keeps you going? Uh, for me, it's just curiosity with what's possible. I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm just so amazed by our bodies and, and then mentally what our brains can help us do that. Like, that's what I'm looking for is pursuing that and following that as far as I can and see where it see where it lands me. And I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna go one more layer, or maybe a few layer. But like, why is 
why do you why are you curious um, how far you can go and why are you curious what the potential is? I think I've found this thing that I love a lot, which is running and um, have started to, you know, dive down this hole of how far we can go and, and what humans are capable of. And I um, and it just feels like why not go 100 percent on something, you know, like I think there's too many things being done part way or like people are stretched really thin, you know, so you can do be good at you know, you can do things 50% and do a lot of things. And uh, I think it would be really interesting if more people did things 100% and did fewer things. And like, what can humans as a species then accomplish? Yeah. I think and it would be cool. Why is it important to, to go 100%? I think because I'm like, this is the life I'm getting to live. And so if this is the thing I'm doing, I want to do it full gas. You know, otherwise, if I'm not going to invest myself fully in this thing, then I should, you know, turn and go down a different lane and find my next passion or whatever. But like while I'm here and while my body is able and I love it so much, like why not just dive full on and see? I don't want to be... Uh, you know, sitting on my rocking chair when I'm 95, like wondering what if or what could have been if I had just given it a little more. Yeah. And I think the po- the power of like pushing yourself and the power of like knowing why you want to do something. And I think it's it's an exercise that I've done in the past where you keep layering the reasons why and keep going a little bit deeper Yeah, and just going, okay, like, why is it important to you to go full gas, right? And then the deeper that you can go and the reason why you're doing anything, right? right. For any of those that are doing the job that they're doing or pursuing right. a new career or a relationship mm-hmm. or a sport, um, the deeper you can go on that why, the, the stronger that reason is to go, Yeah. right? So when you hit those walls or it gets that difficult, you have more to draw from. You have, right. you have those things that are going to carry you through when it gets difficult. Yeah. What are the three traits that you've heard most common or that you would say that an athlete needs? Yeah, mine would be, I think team would be towards the top. I think it's super important to have, a, uh, to have those around you that support what you're doing, mm-hmm. that believe in what you're doing, and um, that will support you no matter if you win or lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Like to, to, to be there no matter what. And because we can't, anything we do in life, you can't, you can't do it on your own. Right. I mean, theoretically you could, but in the end you really can't. And if you do, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, what like, is it? you should make those shared experiences. So we've right. got those stories together, I think. Absolutely. But if like, if someone were in iron doing they were interested in doing an Ironman and their family was like, no way, dude, like you could never do this Ironman. And they weren't his team. He could find his team. Yeah. You can find, you can yeah. find support somewhere else. Yeah. Right. I, ideally the ones that are closest to you are the ones that you're going to draw the most right. energy and love from and right. all that. Right. Or maybe they join the team late when they like come around to it. Right. And that was a challenge that I had when I got involved in the sport. I had a lot of people that just looked at me and said like, really? Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? 
because I also came from, and this would be another aspect or characteristic that I would say would be um, as far as belief or mindset. Okay. Right. So yeah. believing, and you've talked a little bit about this, like you, you, you don't know if you've accomplished it yet, but you're going in believing that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so for me, it's as far as belief. And that's something when I got, when, when I first got in the sport, I already had a goal before I did my first race that I wanted to be world champion. Really? Yeah. And a lot of people would look at it and go, and they did. They looked at it and go, you're, you're stupid. Like, yeah. You, you don't even ride a bike. Yeah. You know, or you ride a, a beach Wait, cruiser. Wait, you weren't a biker? No, I didn't start riding until but I was. But then you were the best biker. And that shows that what you're born with or what you do when you're young doesn't determine what you can That's do so later cool, in life, though. right? Wait, what were you the best at at first? I enjoyed cycling a lot. So I really like, I found a good team around me that I rode with. And they were willing to teach me. Okay. And I, I asked questions. Yeah. So I'm always a question yeah. person. Like I want to understand. Like if I'm learning something, I want I look for someone who's better than me, mm-hmm. and go, okay, how are you doing, or what made you so successful? Yeah. And then I pick their brain because I want to understand because I want to get there quicker. Right. Right. So I would go on these bike rides, and and this group would teach me how to ride, and I'd ask them questions, and they would show me how to do it, and then I just enjoyed it. So I always just kept pursuing and pushing. That's cool. And um, and I really believed in it, and I really set it forward, but I didn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to take that risk. And so that's something else that a few athletes have said is sometimes you just need to take that jump and take yeah. that leap, right? Leap of faith of going, I don't know yeah. if I want to make it or not. Might as well try. Might as well try. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then persistence as well is one I've heard a lot and one that I for sure believe. And I see that in the things that you've done um, and the stories that you've told and also some of the races you've had. I mean, you had one race that you were literally, you went, you went blind or you <laughs> couldn't see. Like, just be brief. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I would love to hear just a little bit about your persistence. And that's, a, I think, a great example. Uh, yeah, it was a 100-mile race in the mountains of Colorado. And I was on my way towards the finish line. I was like... 12 miles out from the finish and there was like this blurriness creeping in on the sides and I really thought it was my contact lenses or that it was foggy or you know I thought it was an environmental thing and uh slowly it crept in where it was just pure white like I held up my hand in front of my face and I couldn't see my hand but I noticed if I stared straight down at my toes I could see like that little arc right in front of them so that was my solution to the problem. And then it was just running as much as I could to get to the finish line by staring straight down at my feet. Were you afraid? Like- I wasn't afraid, no. And um, like it, being afraid wasn't going to help me solve this problem. So for me, it was like a very, here's your problem. Here's a solution that you found. And now we go. Like, So there wasn't tons of emotion in it. It was just like let's get to the finish line. Yeah. You know, and that was the only solution I'd found to do it. Now, if it happened again, I think depending on the trail I was on, there for sure are reasons to be afraid. And like, I did fall down because if you can't look in front of your feet at all, you can't predict the rocks and roots and, you know, what the trail is going to do. So I was tripping everywhere. So just belly flopping, you know, like falling on everything. And one of those times I did land and smack my head on this rock. 
Wow. And like that could have gone poorly for sure. But during there was like zero emotion attached to it. And so I think if it happened again, like I would recall, you know, the things that could go wrong if you're running without your eyesight and you're not used to that, um, that maybe I would, you know, have a little more emotion attached to it. Yeah. But, and, and you found out that it wasn't something that was long-term or anything that was going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, yep. So when I finished then, they whisked me off to uh, get a scan of my head and check out my eyes. And I had my sight by that evening um, and my head was fine. So it turned out okay. And how long? Wasn't it like 10 miles or something that you ran where yep. you couldn't see? Yeah. To the finish? Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It was inspired. I mean, I heard it and I heard you talk about it before. And um, I'm, I know you've talked about it probably a lot, but... Um, I I want to be clear. I don't recommend it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> a disclaimer. Do not yeah. try this at home. If your eyes go out, you should probably stop. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, that was the solution and the finish line was yeah. 10 miles away still. So... But you were, you were still clear enough to assess what was going on. Mm-hmm assess like, okay, how bad is it? Am I losing it? Okay. It's foggy. But so you assessed it along the way and made the choices that you could choose to, that you could control within the moment. I mean, yeah. you, you still couldn't just stop. You had to get to wherever you were going to right. meet crew or do whatever. Yep. And then did, was there a stop along the way to the finish that you did stop and see your crew and then had to assess again as a team? Um, there was a stop six miles out from the finish that then put you on a fire road. And so the whole way to the finish line is a fire road after that. So like a wide dirt road. A little bit easier. A little easier to navigate. And at that um, stop, they also uh, got permission to send me with a volunteer. And so this volunteer woman, bless her heart, was running next to me, uh, navigating with her voice the trail for me. So she'd be like, we're turning right here. There's some big rocks on your left. You know, she was giving me some auditory cues yeah. so that I would fall less, um, which was really wonderful. And uh, and then my husband got wind of all of this happening. So he ran up like, I think, two miles or a mile up the trail and took over for that volunteer at the end. In the finish. Yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't do that without a team. Yeah, exactly. You needed, you needed support. You needed people. Yeah. So what would be what would be three things that you would want to teach people through your experiences, or if you only, only had a year left as far as to live, what what three things would you want to teach people in sport or out of sport so yeah. from your experiences? I think uh, the biggest one for me, I think, is that people are capable of way more than they give themselves credit for. And so if people could, you know, believe that about themselves and then pursue whatever the thing is that, you know, they want to pursue with that belief, you know, that there is no ceiling. They can, they can do whatever they're trying to do and do it even better than that. I think this world would, you know, be such a cool place with so many new amazing things and um, hopefully maybe more, you know, human interaction, you know, as we're all pursuing these greater levels of it. Be what really would you cool. say to someone who like hears that and goes, yeah, I would love to do that. Like that sounds amazing. And I've been thinking about it for the last year or 10 years, but they're, they're afraid of making that step. Like, how would you, what would you say if you had someone right here right now and <laughs> you had like five minutes to tell them or a minute to tell them, like, how would you help 
encourage them in, oh. that, in that part? Well, I, I think it, there's a lot of situations, you know, so I don't want to try and like speak for everyone can do everything, right. you know. Um, but I think you start small and like, and you keep in mind that like you're the driver of your own life. And so you get to make these decisions and you get however many years on this planet that you've got left and to make the most of those. And so sometimes jumping all in is the thing to do. If like you want to see if it's going to happen, try it, you know? And then if it fails, then, you know, you go on a different line. Take a tangent. Yeah, totally. Like you have to reassess or assess along the way to see if that's still where you want to go. If not, it's okay to move. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we're in a, we're in a culture today that we're like, want it now, like mm-hmm. immediate, like we want results. Like you said, like if I'm going to go do, you know, a 50 mile run race or whatever, like I'm not going to go out and do a 40 mile run right. tomorrow. Right. So there's also like a process of like going, okay, if I want to go do this, maybe find someone who's done it before. What is right. the plan to get there? And maybe put out a calendar of like, okay, I start here and then yeah. here, not try to just dive in. Because then one, you could get hurt or two, it's too big of a risk. So start smaller. Yeah. So that's kind of what I... Yeah. You can't like take an abrupt right turn, but you can turn like a cruise ship, you know, where you like start to get your bearings on what you want way off in the distance and like gradually ease your way over there. And what you said about earlier when you were talking about how you're doing new races and you're moving forward, you took the things that you did at one distance... And they were reinforcing your belief that you could do it. So then when you went to the next one, you could just re, re, you know, rethink about that. Yeah. And so going forward, it's like you just take small steps. You encourage yourself with like, okay, I did accomplish this already. Now I can go, and right. go a little bit bigger. I can go a little bit bigger. So I think that's one of the things is like being patient for the yeah. one of your three things. Like you got to be patient for the long haul. Yeah. If that's really what you want, commit, but be patient. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Um, what is something that you're grateful for right now in this moment? What are you most grateful for? Uh, family, always. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that across the board. Really? Like, yeah, just. That's how, so cool. How how important that is. Have you ever walked up to someone in a restaurant or a coffee shop and asked them that question? What are you most grateful for? Yeah, right now. That's a really good challenge. It could be fun. It could be really You fun. might get punched or you might like meet someone new and have a great conversation. I think you could probably assess some people <laughs> if they're going to punch you or not. I'm sure most people won't. But if you want to go find somebody, you could probably find someone yeah. who would punch you if you did that. I would like if like whoever it is, you ask them that and they just answer you without, you know, a big long explanation and go back Simple. to living their life. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not even a weird thing to be asked. Well, and I don't think we ask ourselves that enough yeah. every day, right? Like you talked about, it's a choice every day to be full of joy and be happy. It's the same thing. Like, what are you grateful for yeah. today? And you can always find something. Yeah. I tell my kids trying to teach them, right? It's like, find find something small that you're right. grateful for today. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Find something small. And the more you find the small things, then you start realizing that there's bigger things yeah. to be grateful for. That's cool. So thank you for this time. Thank you. And the run. Yeah. And Come uh, back again. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to say again, thanks for being for being a great role model to a lot of athletes that are out there in your sport and out of the sport, and inspiring people to try out new things and try try an ultra hopefully someday soon. Thank you. So thank you very much. Thank Bye. you. 
Well, thank you for joining us and listening to this episode with Courtney Dewalter. If you enjoyed it, please go ahead and share it on your social media and make sure to tag at Courtney Dewalter. Also tag myself at Chris Lieto to, as far as promote this show. And don't forget to go check out the show notes, look at the links uh, to the YouTube channel with the video that we did, as well as making sure that you get the links and the coupon code for your discounts for Adaday and any other products that are there. So check out the show notes. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. Aloha.